Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 201, Give Me a Natural 20. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Chris as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, happy to be here. When he says here, Chris is actually sitting right beside me, right? That's true, right Chris? Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, yeah. I have my dice ready to go. We're going to do a little <laughs> campaign afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we're forget forget this podcast. We're just going to play some D&D. This is going to be a recorded D&D campaign. Just oh, yes? <laughs> so who's the GM or DM? Is it you or me in this time? Uh, I'll DM if you want. <laughs> I have plenty of ideas flowing around the old noggin. Good, good. Then I'll make it even more difficult for you because I am one of those <laughs> crazy players. But anyways, that is another podcast series that we may start in the future. But today we're going to be talking about Chris's love for D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. But before we jump into the story, the campaign, the epic tale of the wizard and the, the troll or whatever character you may want to be, who is Chris? Well... I'm the type of person that literally loves everything nerdy. Like I love cosplaying. I've cosplayed a bunch of times. Uh, I love, uh, I grew up literally with uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon when they all came out. Ever since I was a kid, I loved all this stuff. I love anything, again, nerd culture related. Uh, I literally have in my little podcasting uh, studio, actually posted it on a Twitter forum. Another podcaster was asking like, what's your podcast setup look like and literally if you look at it it's like i have pops i have the ducky tie from how i met your mother i have a whole bunch of like nerd stuff i have jane's hat from firefly obviously Mm -hmm. both of them are reproductions i wish i had the actual props but sadly i don't and ever since then like i got introduced to DD in high school and i started playing it and it's just one of those hobbies that i've just taken on and it's become a little passion of mine and it's an awesome passion. I love D&D. And you know what? From one nerd to another, I am in the same boat. I have my uh, uh, One Punch Man pop figures up on top. I have my Switch on the side, my Nintendo 64 on the side. Uh, oh, nice. Retro Game Boy that, that we found in my grandfather's house from 1989 that's unopened. I have that there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, nerd love. That's what it is at this point. Uh, oh, yes. But, <laughs> so you mentioned, you did mention your podcast. And now, before we move on to the topic of today, do you have any social media links, websites, podcasts, or other projects that you would love to share with the listeners? Yes. Um, my old podcast was called The Nightmare Report, but uh, unfortunately, that's coming to an end. Uh, one day I will come back, but I am starting a new podcast that's going to be called The Wall of Unusual. Um, I haven't set a release date yet. I'm just working on some behind-the-scenes stuff. Right now, as for my Twitter and um, Instagram, I believe my Twitter is at Nightmare. You can find me if you just type in, I believe, at Nightmare. And my Instagram is the underscore Nightmare underscore report. And you can find me there as well. That's where I post my I mean, updates for my old podcast, but I'll be changing everything to my new podcast. And uh, yeah, those are the two uh, main ways that if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you can. Well, I'll put that down below so people can go check it out. And you got me hooked on the title. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about what it is yet, but it does sound intriguing. Uh, yeah, the Wall of Unusual. Uh, originally, I was going to call the podcast The Wall of Weird because I'm a huge, uh, I was going to super Supernatural, uh, Smallville fan. Um, I wanted to pay homage to Chloe's character when she had like all those like the, all this weird, strange stuff that was happening in within the town of Smallville. But then I realized that the actor that played Lex Luthor he has a podcast called The Wall of uh, of Weird. So um, I was talking about it with my wife, and she's like, "Why don't you just call it The Wall of Unusual?" And I'm like, "All right, sweet." So 
this podcast will be going over the most strangest and unusual things. So from ghosts, hauntings, UFOs, conspiracy theories, I'll be covering it all and going over some pretty weird true crime cases and unusual uh, things like, uh, not to spoil it, but my first episode is on Robert Dahl, which is the world's most well-known and haunted object out there. It's actually inspired the movie Chucky, Child's Play, that doll. It's an actual doll. It's really cursed. And if you don't say hi to it, you have some of the worst luck, but I don't want to go too much into it. Yeah. Um, My goal is actually to, to, uh, I'm also really into like ghosts and stuff. And my goal on my bucket list to see Robert the doll, but my wife's like, no way you're seeing that doll. (laughs) So (laughs) I might have to hold on out of that. But again, yeah. So anything weird and unusual, it's going to be covered in my new podcast. It sounds like your wife is superstitious, but you're just a little stitious. Yeah. Like I really, <laughs> like I want to like, there's that, you can actually spend the night at the conjuring house, the real one. Uh, you have to sign a waiver. Apparently a lot of weird and strange stuff happens there. I would love to go and spend the night, but she won't let me <laughs> because she's like, I don't want anything following you home. So it's a business trip. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a business, a business expense. Well, technically, if it's your podcast related, then if you uh, turn into a business, then it would technically be a business trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I could, you know, I'm yeah. remembering that. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> Get you in trouble. And then I'm going to be in trouble as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll put that down below so people can share it or learn more about it and follow your journey. And now for the main event of tonight or today, depending on where, where you're listening to this and the time of day. D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I have had a guest, a guest on this show before talking about this topic, so there's some more D&D to learn from there, but today we're focusing on Chris. So, Chris, how did you get introduced to D&D? Um, yeah, so uh, this was back in when I was in high school, like a bajillion years ago, and uh, I was on the bus, and um, one of my friends was reading a book, and uh, this is around the time when, like, you know, Xbox and PlayStation were, like, the newest fab and thing. And, um, I just so happened to ask him like, Oh, what is that for? And, uh, he's like, Oh, it's for D and D. I'm like a video game. He's like, no, it's more uh role-playing. I'm like, okay, what is that? And he explained to me what it is. Like you make a character and the person running it is the dungeon master. He tells you what the environment is, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Then one day he literally invited me over to his house. He's like, why don't you just come, come over. We'll roll up a character and I'll do a campaign. And ever since then, I literally fell in love with the game. Like it started off as a one-on-one campaign. Uh, I played a few other campaigns with my one of my friends. Then another one of my uh, friends who I met through work, my old job, became really good friends with them. He's like, hey, I play d and I'm like, oh, you play D&D too? And we became best of friends <laughs> and he joined the campaign. And yeah, then you just start off from there. My love of D&D. Don't you just love that where you just like, you find people who have similar interests as you and you're like, oh. Instantly best friends. Yeah. It's kind of like wearing some, you're wearing a shirt and somebody wears the exact same shirt. You're like, oh, this is, this is a friendship meant to be. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So on a side note, I don't know if you play video games, but if you do, and I might be asking a stupid question, but are you excited for a game called Baldur's Gate 3? You know what? I haven't played Baldur's Gate, but I had a buddy of mine. He's a really good friend. Uh, back in the day when Baldur's Gate was uh, available for the PlayStation, the PS2. He beat Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and he was really excited for 3, and they canceled it. And uh, 
I've heard of the game. I watched him play through it, but it, it looked like an interesting game. Like like when I was watching, I'm like, hey, that's just D and D, and uh, <laughs> he really loved it. He really like was interested. He actually got really super angry when they canceled three like back in the day. And then I sh- I think I remember I looked it up and I sent it to him. He's like, oh my god, thank you so much. <laughs> so, um, but I never actually played that game though. Uh, hopefully one day I can, but. I think it's coming out uh, either this year or next year, but yeah, oh, nice. I, I'm I'm excited to play that game. And also, I've used to play uh, Divinity: Original Sins too, which kind of has the same feel as D and remember there was one part where my friend was doing something else further away, and he like killed the villager. And then I'm in another part, and I'm talking to some, to some people, and they're like, "There's somebody who went around killing people. Do you know who it is?" And my options are like. Tell them nothing. Tell them it was this friend specifically. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I live in neutral chaos. This time, let's just say it was him. So then he gets attacked by these villi- like these people later on, like five minutes later. He's like, ah, what the hell? I actually have a few funny stories of uh, two of my characters that did, uh, one of my characters did something similar to that. And I have another funny story of my uh, gnome bard that was used to get into a lot of trouble. Well, let's get into it. Um, tell me some of the most interesting or funny things you've either witnessed, encountered, or have done to just create either chaos, do something smart. It's kind of a very vague question, but anything that just like pops to mind that it was like very memorable for you. Uh, one was my buddy, he, uh, was playing in my buddy, Adriana was playing in my buddy TJ's uh, campaign and he played a, I play 3.5 just for anybody out there, just in case if I say something and people were like, wait a minute, that's not fifth edition. <laughs> I play 3.5 because I'm a scholar. And, um, he played a half dragon orc barbarian. And, uh, so there was a session where I couldn't make it. And, you know, obviously they went on with it. And then when I came to the next session, my buddy's like, okay, I need you to roll a reflex save. I'm like, why? He's, just, he's like, just do it. So I'm like, okay. So I rolled it and I failed. And he's like, okay, you literally fall flat on your face and you <laughs> fall down. I'm like, what What happened? He's like, well, time stopped. And Adriana decided to, to put your hand, out, your hand down your pants and put one leg up in the air. So when time went back, you fell flat on your face. I'm wow. Like, hmm. Thank you. <laughs> but it's funny. Later on, my rogue, Fenth, uh, pick, uh, pickpocketed him and I stole some gold from him. <laughs> he literally turned his paper over. He's like, I'm keeping track of this. And he started like, keeping track of things more like a joking way, right? That's one story I have. Another one was we're playing in my uh, Adriano's, uh, my buddy Adriano's campaign and he was DMing. And uh, I played a gnome bard. Was it no- yeah, it was a gnome or halfling. I, I forget which one it was also named Fenth. And uh, my buddy TJ had a character. He was a fighter. He was a tank of the group. And he wanted a wagon. And his whole goal was just to collect random things in this wagon. And he says, it's going to be super awesome. And I kept joking, saying, my character's going to become obsessed with fire one day and just become a pyromaniac and burn your wagon. <laughs> and he's like, if you burn my wagon, I'm going to kill you. So the whole running joke through the campaign was my buddy like told me aside, he's like, one day I'm just gonna like have you roll a reflex save and make you fail it, so you trip and fall and throw the torch into the wagon and burn it. <laughs> and that was the whole joke throughout the campaign. Like I literally wanted to. Uh, we haven't played this campaign in a while, but I was gonna literally start like picking up like fire and just like looking at it like longingly and just like start whispering it, be like Sue, my pet Sue. <laughs> that was the whole joke of the campaign. That was one, and another one was uh, where I rolled three twenties in a row. I was in Whoa. a sing-off against another bard in a tavern. 
uh, this bard had this bag that literally would he would reach into it and pull any instrument. So it was like one of those like bag of holding, but my buddy modified it to like pull out random instruments. And I was doing sing off uh, against them, and I literally rolled one twenty. You know, I beat it, and people were like, you know, cheering me on in a tavern. Then he rolled, and he rolled a bit better than me. Then I rolled another twenty. Then I rolled another 20. So it was like literally three 20s in a row. And because I rolled three 20s in a row and he actually, his character, uh, the NPC rolled a 20, it was a tie. So we had to see who had the better, and I think it was higher charisma, I think, or I forget which, what it was, but I had the higher one. So I ended up winning the contest and winning the uh, magical bag and becoming the champion of the tavern and, and whatnot. So that was like another funny story that I had that literally um, sometimes I just you know, sometimes I mention and they kind of like chuckle about it and whatnot. Anytime I, I, uh, either whenever I play the campaign with my buddy that he's running or I play a campaign that I'm running with my wife and one of our friends, we kind of, I just kind of chuckle about it and we kind of just kind of talk about it once in a while. But it's those memories that just make it more grand, isn't it? Kind of like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's like a lot of cool, funny things happen. Okay. So this actually leads me to think, because you've played multiple campaigns, you played a lot of different games. So for you, and it's a, I have multiple questions. It's like spinoff questions. But the first one is, do you tend to play the same type of character in every game? Or do you really like to try something new that is out of your, let's say, not necessarily comfort zone, but just try something new? Uh, originally, I always used to play either a rogue or uh, well, one of my go-to characters was a ranger with uh, a ranger. And uh, I love the idea of rangers and whatnot. And I always used to play a ranger or a fighter. And uh, my buddy like literally pointed out saying, well, you're just trying to become like the green arrow because some of the things I wanted to do. Right. And he's like, you know, like, and I wasn't playing rogue too, too well and whatnot. And then one day I literally switched it up and I said, you know, I want to play a bard. They're like, you want to play a bard? I'm like, yeah. And because it's a running joke, that bards suck. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I said, yeah, I want to play a bard. So I rolled up a bard and I started playing a bard and I really liked it. Literally my buddy's like, I think you found your niche. And like, because like I was like actually using spells, but I was actually also fighting as well and whatnot. And I had like a kind of cool backstory to my um, uh, character's uh, background and whatnot. So I really enjoyed playing a bard. And uh, sometimes I play a bard. Uh, other times I play rogue. Uh, one time I actually played a sorcerer that was a half dragon. And uh, I really enjoyed playing that because of the spells and whatnot you have to, uh, and the magic component of it. But sometimes I I just like to switch it up. Like I wanted to always play a drunken master uh, in 3.5 drunken master. One of the, the feats you get is like, you can literally pick up anything and use it as a weapon and take no penalties for it. And every single time I tried to play a drunken master, both my DMs say, you're not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> That's one, one, one day, one day. I could just imagine the game that you were playing in drunken master is the same game where you were, uh, with your friend in his cart, and you're just like, you know what? I'm gonna use this as a weapon. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just pick up the cart, and start using it. Yeah, and then you start, and then you start using your friend as a weapon as well. You just swing them around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it can get ridiculous like that. And th this also leads me to ask you as well. It might be hard to answer because you switch it up so often. But do you have a favorite skill, and do you also have a least favorite skill to put points into? I think my favorite skill would have to be either perform uh, or probably 
bluff because uh, as a like when you're playing a rogue, sometimes you have to lie your way to certain situations. So bluff comes in handy. Also, if you're a bar, perform comes in really, really good handy when you're playing an instrument and as a distraction or trying to do other things. Like those are my, I think, if uh, two favorite uh, skills to use or 3.5 terms, feats. Not feats. Is it feats? I think it is feats. But yeah. And when it comes to playing the game, do you like to jump into the character itself, add a voice behind it, or just keep it straightforward and go along with the story, keep it more straightforward? Um, well, when I play a character, uh, when I'm like playing, I usually just use my own voice. But when I'm like DMing, sometimes I'll try to use accents and voices and whatnot. I'll try to like immerse the players in the story. Uh, but if I'm playing, I just use my normal voice because I don't know how long I can use, uh, keep an accent for, especially when I run Rogue because I made him sound like uh, <laughs> uh, Sean Bean from uh, Game of Thrones, the northern uh, northern accent that he has. And I can't do a northern accent. So I just told everybody at the table, this is what my, bar, <laughs> uh, my, sorry, my Rogue sounds like. He has a very northern accent. That's what he sounds like. At the beginning of each speech, insert northern accent here. And then, then the yeah. speech. <laughs> well, it's funny. In a modern campaign I wanted to start, uh, my one buddy literally made his character like Alan Quartermain from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I joked around with him. I'm like, are you going to do a Scottish accent all the time? And he's like, I'm just going to play voice clips from the freaking <laughs> um, movie once in a while. That's completely irrelevant. Just like, yeah, I'll just play that clip. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, also... D&D can be played with visuals in a table, but D, uh, they can also be just done orally. So just by speaking, have you tried both of them? And if so, which one do you prefer? Uh, yes, I've tried both. And uh, I kind of like having a map in front of me and using minis and whatnot. because I like visualizing things and actually uh, showing players like, okay, like if I'm DMing, okay, this, this is what the surrounding uh, area looks like. And this is where you can go, blah, blah, blah. So I like putting visuals on the table, like uh, the campaign I'm DMing now. Sometimes I use visuals. Um, my wonderful wife literally bought me a box. It's like uh, has a whole bunch of tiles in it that I can write on. So I can like literally set up a grid and just put like objects on the board and be like, OK, this is where you're at. So I like using visuals. That's awesome. I could also imagine you're pretty creative when you see something. Let's say not even like you go to a craft store, like I could use that. And you weren't even planning to use that. You're like, you know what? That could be something. That rock on the ground? Yeah, that, that'll be a giant boulder in the game. <laughs> yeah. But like back in the day, I used to do security. So I got locked. I had to do security for a, a Dollarama. And I was locked inside because apparently there was some work going on. But the workers ended up leaving. So I literally had from, I think it was a shift was from, from like four to like midnight. And I was walking around going, wait. I can use this for DND. I can use this for DND. I'm going to make a DND binder. These are supplies I need. So I was like walking up and down the aisles going, I need this, I need this. I was, I was making like literally a mental list in my head of what to get. That's awesome. And then you come back the next day and just get it. Yeah, I did that. I got everything. I'm like, all right, let's go. Now you mentioned being a dungeon master. So do you prefer playing as a dungeon master or as a player? I don't mind playing as either. Um, I like playing as a dungeon master because I have so many ideas in my head that I just want to like immerse the players in and just like, cause I am a sneaky DM. I kind of like for this latest uh, game I'm playing, um, my wife really loves Harry Potter. So I made a Harry Potter, a D and D campaign and uh, they rescued uh, a certain character in the game who thought was like, you know, a good guy, but he ended up turning to be a bad guy. So 
last minute, all of a sudden, something happened in the game where he took two artifacts, banged them together, and literally rewrote the whole entire Harry Potter timeline to the point where he took over everything and he's causing chaos and destruction. And they're stuck in their younger bodies. And when I said that to them, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, this happens. That's what happened. And the one, like one of our friends is like, oh, okay, what? And blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, I answered her. And my wife is like, well, and she started going, well, this doesn't make sense. Like I'm this age in the game. How can I go back in my younger body? I'm like, it's magic. It doesn't matter. Is <laughs> <laughs> the golden rule. It's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't question it. <laughs> And well, on the same, I guess questioning, because the DM, you always have to question whatever the players are doing. Have you ever met your match in terms of you're the DM and you had a player who would do these like most extravagant, crazy things. They're like, oh, okay. Like, like they just like tested your limits. Um, I would have to say my buddy Adriano <laughs> has done that a few times. I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of any right now, but uh, he's uh, done that where it's like more like he'll either throw me off my whole thing. I'm like, oh, wait, what? And he'll be like, yeah, I, I do that. And he's like, I'm like, God damn it, age. <laughs> Shout out to Andriano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's also an awesome DM as well. Uh, sometimes I'll do stupid shit in his campaign. He'll Good. Like, and, he'll like, and he'll be like, and he'll be like, okay, you know what? Fine. And he'll be like, uh, he'll do like a little consequence for me. Like once uh, my, uh, well, after my bard won like the same contest, I joked about Dorming uh, Damien Gray and his painting. And he's like, okay, fine. Since you mentioned that, someone's starting to paint, do a, a painting of you. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like you guys are cooperating together, but yet you have that little inside joke to not necessarily screw up each other's campaigns, but just make it more chaotic in a good way. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And uh, speaking about the campaigns you're doing, because you mentioned a bunch of them, which one are you currently playing right now? I'm currently playing, uh, I'm DMing the Harry Potter one I'm doing for my wife and our one friend. And uh, they're really enjoying it. Like I literally came up with it off the top of my head because one day she wanted to play D&D because it was like, it was when we had that really bad snowstorm and uh, we were like literally snowed in our place. So she's like, why don't we just play d and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, why don't you play d and <laughs> Because I mentioned this Harry Potter campaign I wanted to do. And she's like, why don't we just play that? I'm like, oh, okay. And I literally just set up the board and went from there. And uh, we've been playing ever since. I love I love the aspect that you can just create any, types of ca- any type of campaign. And is there any dream, like say dream campaign you would love to do? Let's say, because you said you grew up with Pokemon and Digimon. Would that be one of the dream campaigns you would love to do? In case, well, unless you already made that. But are there any dream campaigns you would love to create of any universe? I have one in my head that I would like if hopefully my podcast gets big enough and I want to do a live D&D game for charity. I have a charity in mind that I want to raise money for and it's going to take place in my old podcast universe of the Nightmare Report. And I do have an idea on how I want it to go. And uh, I do have like, like my dream is to get certain people involved. Hopefully I get big enough. Like one guy I would love to have at my table is uh, Matt Mercer from Critical Role. I don't know if you ever watched any of his stuff, like when he DMs like uh, with Vox Machina. And uh, I think they actually did a, yeah, they actually have an animated version of their campaign on Amazon Prime, which I watched and loved. I would love to have him at my table because he actually inspired me to be for the DM I am today. I would love to have him at my table and be a part of this campaign. That would be my dream goal is to run this campaign and maybe have Matt Mercer 
sitting down. And if that happens, I can die happy. <laughs> Man, well, Matt Mercer, if you're listening, um, please. <laughs> just please. <laughs> just just please. Do, it. Do, it, do it for the people. <laughs> yes. Matt, yes. What was the longest campaign you've ever played? I think the longest campaign campaign I ever played was I think my buddy I think it was my buddy TJ's campaign. We played it for quite a bit. That was the main campaign we ended up like doing for quite a bit. Uh, we actually got pretty far within his uh, uh, campaign before we ended up uh, having to um, stop because of work got into the way and well, uh, in the way and whatnot. And obviously, life where kind of got difficult to start playing as much. But uh, yeah, that was the longest campaign I've ever, uh, uh, I've ever done. And uh, straight, right? Just like, no sleep. <laughs> oh, no, no. I wish. <laughs> Just take naps at the table. Yeah. <laughs> but the characters themselves, they usually use pre-made, let's say, icon, I was going to say icons, but little miniatures. Or do you like to custom print? Because I know nowadays you, there's websites and services that you can just custom make any character you'd like is that something you like to do or you just like to focus on the story and just use any character uh, miniature oh one day i would love to have a 3d printer or access to a 3d printer to print my own minis but uh right now like i do have a bunch of minis that i do use that are like pre-made and they're already like you know done up all nice uh my buddy actually adriano his wife actually has access to a 3d printer from her work and he actually got the files off of, uh, I forgot what it was called, the website where you can actually customize your own mini and they'll print it out for you. And he got like a whole bunch of free files from them. And he ended up just using his wife's like 3D printer at work to print off like a whole bunch of minis and whatnot. So I'm like, oh, I would love a 3D printer, but they're so expensive and I don't have the room for it. And it's just like one of those toys where I would love to have, like I see, I would love to have one of those just to make cool stuff like minis. Yeah, no, I agree. And, that, and hopefully the price does come down. And that's with pretty much everything nowadays. Well, I say nowadays for everything, that's a lie. Everything's going up. I mean, oh, yeah. in the sense that back in the days, 3D printers were super expensive because there weren't that many. But now there's so many people making 3D printers that hopefully the price of the 3D printers themselves go down because it won't no longer be like $20,000. And I'm not saying it is now, but I'm saying I'm sure when the first 3D printer came out, it was pretty expensive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully one day they go down in price and I have the room where I can get my hands on one. No worry. In the future, it'll be a glove that you can just 3D print with your hand. Yeah, no, oh, just, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for D&D &D itself, what would you say are some do's and don'ts when you're playing it? This is actually a pet peeve of mine, a few of these. Uh, do's are like, have fun, make sure the players are having a good time, and make sure that everybody at the table is comfortable. Like if there's a new player that doesn't know like a lot about D&D or is like very, very new, work with them. Like most tables I've been at, I'm, I'm like, I'm still a bit of a novice, but my one buddy literally uh, sometimes will be like, oh no, if you want to do this, you have to do this or for this or whatever. And I sometimes ask him a whole bunch of questions and he's very helpful. So be a very helpful and helpful player slash DM. Also, like there's a lot of horror stories of some DMs are just being jerks. Uh, like a part of a, I used to be part of a Facebook group for uh, DMs only. And there was one guy who posted saying that he doesn't let his players do anything. And one of his players wanted to, because he was a rogue, and he wanted to assassinate the king. It's something he wanted to do in his little thing. 
And the DM literally wrote a whole thing saying, well, he said, okay, fine. Then he told the, uh, the player, okay, your player, find, your character finds a rope. He goes down this rope. He goes black home, rethinks his life. We roll a new character. I'm like, that's just mean. Like, avoid that type of, like, DM versus player as well mentality. Some people, like, there was a podcast I used to listen to that was a fifth ed campaign. I'm not going to name it, obviously. But the person that was running it was very DM versus player and that those type of campaigns like if, if that's your boat okay if you have fun all right but to me it's not really fun if it's like a dm versus player uh that's one don't uh also like i'm trying to say this nicely don't rage quit or be a jerk at the table as well uh because that just ruins it for everybody like i myself like we literally unfortunately we literally stopped playing with a certain player in our group because he was kind of getting a bit about out, out, out of hand because he was trying to be a rule rule lawyer too much. But those type of players that are referred to as problem players, they can ruin it for everybody. So don't be a problem player slash problem DM where it got to, gets to the point where no one has fun anymore. Everybody just wants to stop playing or they have like a really bad taste of what D&D is in their mouth. So those are some of the do's and don'ts. Uh, do's like make sure your players are having fun, engage, make sure you're having fun. Be helpful, be kind, and yeah, just make sure everybody's having a good time. Don't be a jerk at the table. So those are like some things that I picked up along the way that I try to incorporate in my games and also when I'm playing as well. Yeah, because when you're a jerk, it can really kill the mood for everybody. Oh yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And for you personally, what would you say is the best part about playing D&D? Just being somebody else, like being immersed in this like fantasy world and, you know, like whether it be like actual D&D where you're like kind of like in a middle earth fantasy setting where you're either playing like a half elf or rogue or a paladin or your orc or et cetera, et cetera. You're immersed in this fantasy world and you're just like kind of like making your own little Lord of the Rings as you will, like kind of thing. So that's my favorite part, just being in another world, being immersed in this like fantasy setting and actually kind of like interacting with it and that's not like one fun aspect i love about dnd i don't know if this exists or it has ever happened but would you ever be interested kind of like larping but let's say somebody were to rent out a giant like football stadium and transform it into a giant dnd like board and you and your friends can like rent it out and somebody else can be the dungeon master and go through a story with some actors acting out as the creatures, the boss, the NPCs and all that in the story. Um, I would be interested. I would. <laughs> I, there, uh, there's some actually funny videos of people LARPing as for D&D. Uh, if you look just like if you YouTube, like YouTube D&D uh, D LARPing. There's some like funny, funny videos, but uh, yeah, that's something like I wouldn't mind trying. Never LARPed before, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying if it was like in like, you know, he had professional act like actors and whatnot. And you kind of immersed yourself in something like that. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome to do. Game idea right there. Uh, Chris and Alex uh, would like to have some credit for that if it ever does come to uh, fruition. Yes. And it comes true. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we wouldn't mind testing it out either. That's that's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And what would you say is something you know now, but you wish you knew when you first started playing D&D? Oh, uh, read all the book, like read the player's handbook a bit better and uh, get accustomed uh, to the rules because I literally would not like I have a lot of D&D &D books, both PDF and physical. And 
just now I'm like literally opening them up and reading them and going, okay, like, how does this work? How does that, does that work? Instead of like annoying my one friend be like, Hey, what does this do this do? It's like, okay. Like I open the books and be like, okay, this is how magic works in the game. This is how this works in the game. So that's the one thing I would say is like for to my younger self is read the books, read the player's handbook and the DMG. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you didn't do the whole Leroy Jenkins and just ran in. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> a reference oh. from the old internet days for people who might not know just look up leroy jenkins it's a world in warcraft they're all planning something and this one guy's just like not listening he's like all right screw it leroy jenkins and runs in and ruins it for everybody else yeah, that's who uh, it was actually my buddy's old character uh uh door guard uh, my buddy ages uh barbarian where he would just like literally just charge first <laughs> and then it was just like whatever and he would just like kill everything in sight <laughs> <laughs> what not go in the room swinging the sword not knowing what's happening <laughs> he actually his he actually named his axe kindness because his whole thing was he wanted to kill people with kindness oh, <laughs> that was his whole thing <laughs> actually my last character i had its name was fear i'm like hi i'm fear just <laughs> <laughs> nice. and i was the kindest person as well <laughs> nice. and so for you what was your biggest challenge when you first started playing D? When I first DM'd, I was DMing a Wild West campaign that I made up and I was super nervous because it was my first time DMing and I literally prepped so much for it. I literally had like all these charts and things laid out in front of me and I was super nervous. I'm like, okay, this is not going to go well. That was my one challenge of taking the DM's chair and be like, and just saying, okay, I'm running this campaign now. Uh, off we go. And that was my one <laughs> biggest challenge that, that I had to do, deal with. You're like, all right, I'm DM now. Good luck, everyone. I don't know how this roller coaster is going to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Keep your hands much. on board at all times. Yeah, pretty much. And so what is your current challenges these days? Uh, not having enough dice. That's one. Also, sometimes I back myself into a corner and I'm like, oh, how am I going to get myself out of this? So I like, I try to figure out, okay, like right now where we're at in the Harry Potter campaign, last we left off, my, my two players woke up in their younger bodies. They met an older version of Harry, Hermione, and Ron. There's a new war going on and they met, I inserted because I love this character uh, and I cosplayed as him, as him once, John Constantine from the DC comics. And right now where they left off is they're going to Diagon Alley to do some shopping. But now I have to see where they're going to go from there. So that's like one challenge I'm trying to figure out. Like I have an idea what I'm going to do, but um, all I know is they're going to Egypt and it's going to be in a different time period. So uh, my our one friend, uh, she's actually from Egypt and she's actually really excited. As soon as I mentioned, yeah, you guys are going to go to Egypt in my campaign. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to Egypt in your <laughs> campaign. And she's like, oh, so she got really excited for that. She takes out her suitcase. Like, all right, guys, let's go. <laughs> now you mentioned you didn't have enough dice is it that you lose them or you give them away uh no it's just like a running joke that me and my friend have uh because like i even read this meme once where this uh, it just shows new dm uh, dm player goes into a game shop and the the uh, store guy's like okay you just want the one set of dice like, yeah i just need this one set it's a beginner <laughs> set that's all i need and the guy's like see you soon the guy's like what what <laughs> so like, literally, that's how it starts <laughs> off with like I have like a huge, I literally one year I bought myself, I was gifted a pound of dice. I have that. I have another smaller bag that has a Doctor Who dice bag that I have as a whole bunch of dice. And I got another pound of dice that has, it's in a bag called the bag of holding. 
that has a whole bunch of dice in it. So I often joke around when I pull out all these dice and I say, I don't have enough dice. And my wife's like, you don't need no more dice. I'm like, there's no such thing as too much dice. <laughs> you always need more. You yes. always do. It's funny that you say that because I, so I'm in from, I'm, I'm from Canada and in, uh, in Toronto, there's a convention called Anime North and oh, they yeah. have like little booths for like D and D and stuff like that. And at the time I was playing D and D with my friends before the pandemic in person. And then this booth had this like giant barrel of dice and they say, pay, pay $10 and use this solo cup to pick up as many dice as you can and you get to keep it. And I'm like, oh, nice. dope, $10 for like a cup full of dice? Sure, why not? So I'm guessing that's where it comes in. It's like, yeah, we'll see you again either way. Next year, after picking up like, what, 50 dice? Yeah, yeah, you'll be back anyways. <laughs> Actually, I saw a funny TikTok where it shows a girl like dumping out a whole barrel of dice and it just shows a guy on top going, okay, I missed my uh, reflex save. And all of a sudden, you just you see the person dumping out like a whole bunch of like, I think it was like a whole barrel of like 20 sided dice. Yeah. And I was like, how much dice, how much damage am I taking? How much damage am I taking? How much, right? I think they had something similar to that at Fan Expo one year when I went. My buddy wanted to do it, but he ended up not doing it. But hopefully this year I get a go. And uh, if they have that booth again, I'm definitely grabbing some dice. And dice, the dice themselves can be so unique. They, there, there's so many different ways you can make the dice. So if you had the chance to have a customized dice set, what would it be, let's say the design, the material, or anything like that? Um, I'm not sure. I think I would probably do more of like a, because I love like supernatural and supernatural stuff. So maybe I'll try to like make dice more like reflect that, more of like ooky spooky stuff. So when you look at the dice, they're like, okay, these look like something that they're like, they're like a cursed object within D&D kind of thing. So I would have love to have a set of dice like that. Like I know there's like a, uh, a set of dice that are like a fallout set of dice from the video game. I actually have a pair of really nice pair of uh, metal dice. I'm trying to think there's like a whole bunch of other dice you can get that every time I see a set, I'm like, I would love to have these dice and they look so nice and <laughs> so pretty and so shiny. Um, <laughs> but I have to force myself not to because, you know, my wife says I have too many dice and don't need any more. So, but I keep saying to her, I need more. <laughs> As your fellow podcaster, I say it's, uh, you need, you need more. It's, it's what I recommend as a podcaster. I'm licensed to say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know why, but I was just imagining a set of dice. I don't know if the technology is even there to do that, but let's say if you were to roll the dice and on impact it, like it would glow. Oh, that'd be cool. So like you'd like the number would glow on impact and everything else would go dark. Just the sides would go dark, but the top would glow. I don't know. I'm just, I'm overthinking. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. That would be an awesome pair of dice to have. See, in the future, we're, we're working on that project as well. It's going to be part of the giant football field. It's going to be a giant <laughs> dice that's just going to be thrown in the middle of the yeah. football field. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not dangerous at all. No liability whatsoever. Yeah, don't uh, worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so for you, what would you say is the most stressful part about playing D&D? Um, I would say as a, well, sometimes you don't know what the other player is going to do. Uh, I have a funny story where my old rogue had to do a certain mission to get a certain, um, cause I wanted to get, become a half demon. I think it is. I forgot the actual term in 3.5, but I had to do a mission for a demon. So pretty much I had to pay tribute to him. So I had to lack of better term. I had to kill a whole bunch of people and get their souls for him. So I did that 
And I wanted to have my character have this little cool thing where I had this brand and I would brand them and I would like slowly build up like a reputation where it's like there's this mysterious killer going around because I played a, an evil character. And uh, I went in like in the game, I went into a tavern and all of a sudden a whole bunch of town guards approached me and I'm like, yes. And they're like, <laughs> you're charged with killing people. I'm like, what do you mean? And my buddy looked at me. He's like, you still have the brand clipped on your belt. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. So I got taken in, <laughs> taken to jail and I got everything taken from me. And I'm like, oh, man, I had to like then figure out a way to get out of jail. And I think I released like a frost giant that was like trapped. I, I like I took him out and he literally ran down the hallway. And <laughs> yeah, I just caused a whole bunch of havoc and mayhem afterwards. So that's one thing. And then... um like, yeah, what are the other players are going to do? And also as a DM, what are your players going to do where you think, okay, I'm going to have this nice, awesome timeline, storyline, and they're like, I want to do this now. And you're like, oh, God damn it. And it <laughs> derails everything, right? It's kind of like if you ever play like Final Fantasy game or whatnot, and you can do those side quests where it's like, you must get this or must get that. and you like kind of, Or like even Skyrim, where it's like gives you a bajillion side quests to do and you get distracted from the main storyline. It's like, you must go get this. It's like, oh, God damn it. I don't want to do that. It's like, <laughs> I just want to play. But yes, as a DM too, it's like, that's the stressful part where your players just throw a monkey wrench in your design. And you're like, okay, now I have to adapt and figure a way out to deal with this. You fall flat on your face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what happens. I fall flat on my face. <laughs> the solution to everything. When things go wrong, just make them fall flat on their face. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what would you say are some misconceptions about people who play D&D? Some people think that when people play D&D, they like cosplay as their character and they all talk like geese and they're like very the stereotypical, what's the movie? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. They picture someone like that. But really, D&D is, is like a very fun thing. It's very engaging. It's very cool. Like, cool. like you actually look into it uh, uh when D&D was around during the Satanic Panic era, there are some stories where uh, cops used to raid D&D games because they thought they were engaging in like certain worship and whatnot. And literally like the, uh, like the, the pyramid dice the, that was made just to like throw just to like so they would step on it or whatnot. But uh, like there's like I remember when I first started playing D&D with my buddy and uh, we're at his house and I think they had a family friend over and she's like, what are you playing? Everybody's like, oh, we're playing D&D. She's like, that is a horrible game. She started oh, wow. going on a tangent. And, uh, and my buddy's like, actually, no, it's not. Because there's a very, I don't want to go too much into it. Uh, but there is a case where uh, if people look it up, it's a very famous case, well-known that people use that to say, oh, D&D is a horrible game. But really, it's not. Really, people have fun. People have, love it. And they love playing it. And like, there's an actual documentary, too, where it was made to take out these misconceptions of D&D and it's just a really fun game to play and to engage in and to interact like it's nothing more than just a game and <laughs> that's it that's maybe one misconception people some people have where it's like either it's too nerdy for me or something else is going on but other than that like that's the one misconception or it's it's too hard to play there's too many rules etc etc <laughs> so 
You know what? It kind of reminds me of that, like the war on video games and stuff like that. Like, it's not the game itself is great. It's just the, the people on depends on who plays. If you're a violent person, then you might bring violence into it. And it always depends. The same can be applied for religion and all other things, politics, eating spaghetti. I'm, well, I'm exaggerating for spaghetti, but I mean, the whole idea is that it depends on who's playing it. The game itself is a masterpiece, in my, my opinion. I love board games. And when I was introduced mm-hmm. D&D, I'm a creative. I love improvising and the idea that you could just do whatever your imagination allows you to do in a reasonable sense is like, that's awesome. Man, I, I just got to give a shout out to whoever created D&D. I like you. <laughs> yeah, it's a very awesome game and very, uh, I just say, just give it a try and have fun with it. And what has D&D taught you in life? Um, It made me a, a bit of a creative person and you know, just it made me bring out my creative side and uh, made me actually engage and actually be able to bring a story that I had in my head to life and have other people be a part of the world and be able to have them engage in the world. And yeah, so that's pretty much what he has brought to, to me. And that's a good thing to bring, especially in these crazy times, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> And we've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have uh, any websites, projects, or anything at all that you would love to share with the listeners? Uh, right now, it's just I'm working on the Wall of Unusual. Uh, it's not up yet. It's not on any podcast platforms because, again, I'm doing some behind-the-scene work. And I'll be putting it up on my Twitter and Instagram when it's finally ready to debut and release. Uh, but right now, if people are still interested, you can find the Nightmare Report on all uh, podcasting platforms. Also, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. If you just go to my anchor page, just to make it easier, my uh, Instagram and Twitter are linked to that my anchor page, and you can just find me through there. Perfect. And this episode, I believe, is coming out in a few months. So if your new show is out by then, by all means, send me the link. Even if it's out after the show comes out, send me the link. I'll add it in the show notes so people can oh, come show you. Yeah, people will show you some love and then I'll add all those other links down below. So to just follow your journey. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, we'll do. And now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about D&D? Um, you play fifth ed, right? Yes. Yeah. How do you uh, like playing fifth ed? Because I don't know if you played 3.5 before. I have a, like I just got a hold of like a whole bunch of fifth ed books, like uh, the main course sets. Like do you prefer playing fifth ed? Is it more easier to play or... I've only played 5th edition. I've never tried uh, 3.5, but I guess, I don't know if it's, uh, I'm throwing the question back to you, I guess. What, if you've tried them both, what are the main differences? Oh, I've only, right now I've only played 3.5. One day I do want to do something called DM and Dine at Stormcrow, located in uh, downtown Toronto, where you literally pay, you can have dinner and they have a DM where a DM will actually run a pre-made campaign with your party. I've been meaning to try 5th Ed. I've heard it's a lot more easier than 3.5 because they streamlined a lot lot of things. Yeah. Okay, wait, so on that note, what is the difficult parts on 3.5? All character creation. There's a whole bunch of things you can do for a character in 3.5. You have to have all these stats. You have to calculate. uh, Like, I know for your initiative, you have to figure out what your initiative is. And then when you roll, you add your initiative versus, I think, 5th Ed, they just added your initiative initiative roll into that already so when you attack you already know what it is but with that 3.5 you have to add that on and it's 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 a lot more i think math heavy versus fifth ed which is more streamlined i think 3.5 is more of the gritty one the one that gets into it's the uh i don't even know how to explain it it's the not the grandfather but it's 
The br- not brutal. I am look. I am struggling to find the word to define it. <laughs> the way I think of it, it's like you're. If you play three point five, you're like more of like a scholarly type or whatnot because it's like a really. It is popular. A lot of people do still play three point five. Other people are playing, but most people play fifth ed, and then I think sixth ed is sixth edition is coming out soon as well for D and D. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're making a sixth uh, sixth ed edition to the game. I haven't looked up any rules um of it yet, but. uh it just keeps growing and growing. So there's like different editions people play. Some people play four, fourth edition all the way up to like first edition D&D, which actually have two first edition D&D books that I found a long time ago in like a hawk shop for like 10 bucks. So that one must be like very bare bone and just like, oh yeah, it is. It's like you can either play a knight, uh, a fighter, a thief, and a wizard. You just have those <laughs> options to pick from and that's all you have. So <laughs> and it's just yes and no answers. <laughs> uh, I haven't played first ed. There's probably a lot of people that have played first ed going, uh, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm uh, just messing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a choice like do you A run away? B fight. D die. I know I just the alphabet's weird, but yes. <laughs> I want A, yeah. B, D. Yeah, there's no C whatsoever. <laughs> it's like a really old school, like NES RPG on yeah. the and uh, like <laughs> fucking the Nintendo, where it's like, would you pick A, B, C, or D? Right. So one of the options: throw a Pokeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an option. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on and nerding out with me about D&D. I really did enjoy it. If you guys would like to learn more about Chris, go check him out. I'll put all the links down below so it'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast and want to show some support, you can. I have a Patreon. I sell merchandise. I have a Redbubble. That's the merchandise one. What else do I have? I'm working on a board game which is nothing compared to DND, but it is a podcast board game about improvising and using creativity maybe a distant cousin from DD, like a very very distant cousin that you didn't know about uh but yeah that's still in the works but uh yeah those are the ways you can support me but what you do have to do is go show chris some love so chris once again thank you so much i had an awesome time thanks again for having me so until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care bye-bye